So, the last time the Constitution was amended back in 1987, the revision brought about a milestone for Korean democracy, the direct election of a president for a five-year term. Well, 30 years later, we could be on the cusp of another transition, this time allowing presidential re-election across two four-year terms, but also the watering down of so-called emperor-like powers, among other changes. There is a tough road ahead. The main opposition parties disagreeing on the timetable for a referendum and various parties are prioritising their own political calculations with the June local elections very much in their minds. Professor Choi Gyeong from the law school at Hongik University joins us on the line with plenty to digest there. Good morning to you. Good morning. So we just heard in our different view how this could be earth-shattering. It could shake up the nation potentially. Why does the constitution matter so much? It's the most basic foundation of our democratic system. You know, it's the blueprint of how all the fundamental institutions of our country uh, are supposed to work. It lays down the basic rights of the people. It specifies how you know, the various arms of the government are supposed to function together and delimit their powers and you know, outline their responsibilities. And it also determines the legality of all the other laws. So, you know, it's really the single most important piece of legislation that we have. So, yes, it's fundamental. And surveys suggest an overwhelming majority of us in this country do support the need for a constitutional revision. Why is that? You know, it's actually... uh, Reform is really long overdue. You mentioned already that this constitution dates back to 1987, more than 30 years ago. And there's a saying in Korean that even the rivers and the mountains change after a decade. And we, as a people... And as a country, have changed so much in the last um, three decades, uh, politically, socially, economically, culturally, and, and demographically, whereas the current constitution still reflects many of the, the outmoded values that were prevalent you know, back in 1987. And they actually act as a constraint on uh, many of the legislative effort, efforts and reforms that the government successive governments have tried to institute, and and that's why it really needs reform. Well, many people have been calling from both sides of the political aisle for constitutional reform. The issue seems to be the nature of this particular amendment that the government has proposed and the way in which it's been proposed, not waiting for lawmakers to come up with their own proposal, for example. But you know, I think many of us can sympathise with the presidential office that they might have suspected they'd be waiting for the uh, duration of uh, President Moon Jae-in's administration and still perhaps not have an answer. So which part of the proposal do you find most agreeable? Well, you're absolutely right. Um, it was actually President Park Geun-hye who initiated the constitutional reform um, when she basically tabled it in the parliament back in October uh, 2016, so, you know, (laughs) um, nearly two years ago. And it was one of the platform um, campaign uh, promises that President Moon made. And there were many entreaties uh, to the the National Assembly to table a proposal um, from them. But the, the, the Assembly simply refused to cooperate, and they haven't. So I think it was it was a strategic tactic for the Blue House to put forward their own proposal, but um, I think it's uh, better that way. Um, as to what I find most agreeable, um, as a lawyer, 
I find the expanded fundamental human rights um, that apply not just to citizens, but to every human being, uh, the change from the wording citizen to humans um, for many of the basic rights that relate um, to the, the fundamental uh, rights, I find that really a good move. Um, but just to add to that, as a dog owner, I really like the fact that there is a, um, a provision uh, relating to protection of animals. Yes, well, I'm I'm also a dog owner and uh, like that side of it, but I'm also a foreign national. So I mean, you've ticked a few of the boxes in the lives of some of our listeners, I'm sure. But um, I don't know. There's nothing about what you just said there that would seem to rile up anyone. I mean, if you're just a human being on either side of the political spectrum, you would think that that wouldn't be such a problem of contention. So where where do you see the details being so striking or radical? I think um, your reporters sort of outlined many of those in the different views section. Mm. Uh, so the, the power structure, for example, um, and especially the, the single-term um, presidency changing to uh, you know two-year uh, two-term limit uh, successive presidency. And what the opposition parties want is really a split model where you have a basically a figurehead president and uh, most of the power is being concentrated in uh, the hands of the prime minister. They sort of dress it up as saying, you know, the president will take care of the, the foreign um, and external affairs and the prime minister, the internal affairs. But tell me one single external issue that does not touch on um, domestic affairs, particularly in this globalized world. And so they're really just trying to basically move to a cabinet style system where uh, they will be able to elect the, um, the nominal figurehead will be elected directly by the people, but the person with the real political power would be elected by basically the, the members of National Assembly. And that's really the, the system that they want. And even though the people choose the uh, lawmakers themselves, it's a, it's a, it's a filtered approach to uh, giving the people what they want, I suppose. But the, but the whole uh, breaking up of the terms, that, that doesn't seem to me to necessarily play into either conservative or liberal hands. It, it wouldn't affect the current administration. So, in other words, whoever wins next would be the beneficiary of that. You're right. And, you know, the very first constitution of uh, the Republic of Korea back in 1948 actually did have this four-year two-term presidency. And it was later changed by successive presidents who wanted to remain longer in the office. Uh, And we are basically going back to that presidential system, which really follows the American model. But I am slightly concerned about this um, uh, four-year two-term presidency when we also have the the four-year term um, national assembly, uh, you know, system currently, because at least in the American system, you have the split houses, and you also have the two-year term limit on the Congress, which means that at least um, halfway through the the term of any president, you have basically a referendum on how you know the president is doing, uh, as President Trump will soon experience later this year. But if you have a complete synchronicity between the um, National Assembly and the presidential term here, I'm concerned that they may not be sufficient, um, you know, uh, sort of uh, checks and balances on, on the powers of the president, even with the sort of rebalancing of the power. 
also places a lot of pressure on the public to make choices all in one go, pretty much. What what um, also might be the the potential risks of having two terms? Um, you know, uh, one of the main risks is that the first term turns into basically a four-year-long election campaign appealing to populism and trying to basically make sure that the incumbent wins the, the second term. And the next four then turns into a, a four-year quest to find a successor who would carry on you know, the incumbent's legacy. So we, we might, may basically experience a, an eight-year-long sort of campaigning rather than sort of really focused um, governing. So that, that's one of the dangers. Right. I mean, obviously, there are problems that we could raise with a single five-year term as well. Uh, and, and that's one. Yes. Well, actually, ironically, that's one of the reasons why, obviously, we're seeing them push so hard right now on that particular issue, trying to make sure that this gets done within President Moon's five-year term. The, the main right. opposition Liberty Career Party on the Conservative side has proposed a semi-presidential system under which the President would be responsible for, for foreign affairs, as you described before, with the Prime Minister responsible for domestic affairs. The thing is, you know, that's something that the Liberal opposition was proposing, or something very much like it, when Pakenhe was in power. And at that time... Pakenhe resisted it. And I've said many times that uh, if Pakenhe had accepted that, maybe the compromise would have been enough to save her political future, maybe even her liberty itself. What's your take on the proposal now being put forward by the Conservative camp? That's true. It's, uh, I guess, the perspective changes um, depending on where you are. So when um, the Liberty Korea Party's uh, predecessor, Senri, was in power, obviously... They liked being in power. They liked having this presidential model. But now it looks uh, less and less likely that they will be able to put forward any kind of viable candidate, even in, um, you know, uh, three years down the line for the next presidential election. And so they're now proposing this cabinet style um, system. But it's really a not, not a very a workable solution unless you drastically change the power balance and shift it towards uh, a real cabinet uh, system. Um, Liberty Korea parties point to various other countries where this kind of model does ex- exist, like France, um, sorry, not France, but Germany. But uh, remember that in Germany, the president really has no political power at all. All the political powers are concentrated in the chancellor. And so unless we move to that kind of system, what they're proposing is not going to be workable in reality. Well, it's interesting with Chancellor Angela Merkel now serving a fourth term. That um, is uh, an interesting comparison for those worried about two terms. Um, By the way, the National Assembly, which must handle the proposal by May 24th, as the current law states that a constitutional revision motion must be put to a vote within 60 days of public notification. What would then be the sticking points during negotiations, uh, I guess, reflecting everything we've just said? Exactly. Uh, Particularly the the power structure, um, the, the split between uh, what each of the arms of the government would be responsible for, um, especially uh, the split between the, the president and the National Assembly, um, the presidential term. Uh, but there are also other issues that have sort of been thrown up, uh, which are really sort of made up, in, blown up into big issues when they're really not. Things like this 
concept of public land. Yeah, it sort of it sort of serves as a, a proxy for the uh, wider debate. Professor Cho, we've got to leave it there. We're out of time, but it's been fantastic having you on the line as always. Thank you.